The Insulone Podcast is brought to you by Cybionics, an emerging CGM brand that focuses on simplifying how individuals aged 18 and above monitor and control their blood sugar levels. Upon becoming available on the market, the Cybionics GS1 CGM has helped users worldwide navigate the complexities of diabetes management with more confidence and peace of mind. Thanks to Cybionics, now more people are able to view and share their real-time glucose data, receive customizable glucose alarms, and generate full AGP reports, all directly from an intuitive Cybionics app, empowering them with the necessary information to make better decisions about their health. Cybionics combines data accuracy and comfort of wear, which is important to us all, with a feature-rich app. The 14-day scanning-free and calibration-free Cybionics GS1 CGM aims to deliver reliable, seamless diabetes management experiences. For more, check out CybionicsCGM.com. Welcome back to part two of this episode. I really hope you enjoyed part one. Now let's get back into it. Do you have like a a step-by-step process or even a way of thinking where on days where maybe you're not as positive as you would like to be initially, but that kind of ramps you up to that sort of positivity level that you want to be at. I always start my day with journaling. If I don't journal, something is wrong. And I feel like journaling is a great way to get rid of all those like negative thoughts if you're having them and like, just write it down. Think about it later. It's not a you problem right now. You can think about it later. Go enjoy something after you write it down. Write what problem you're having or like something that's bothering you. Write it down. Go to a cold dip. Go for a run. Go do something you love and then come back to it and think of it with a happier, positive mindset because a happy person, an unhappy person can't make a good choice. So if you're a happier person, you can look at your problem and make a better choice about it. Is there a process that you have for journaling? And I'm asking that because journaling is one of those things that we hear a lot about so often. And it's like journal, 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 or do it every day, do it every night, whatever it might be. Is there a process that you follow with it? Or is it purely just kind of like you sit down, you dump out your thoughts, good or bad, whatever it might be, and get them onto a page or is there like a a framework or a structure that you follow? Uh, Before, like when I like first started journaling, I would just like write down all my thoughts and like move on. But, you know, I I started therapy recently, like a couple months ago, and she told me to answer these questions every day. And I think it's really helped me create like a map structure for my whole day to make sure I'm going on with my day in a good mindset. So one of the questions is, what do I need today? What is what do you personally need out of today and what do you want from the day? And I always start with that question. And then the second one is what will you do today that will make you happy? What is one thing you can do? It can even be so small, like reading one page of a book, like what is one thing you can do today that's going to make you happy? And then the third one, what is your favorite thing that you've done this past week even if it's a sunday or you know you did it yesterday like always positive things and then the last question is what's something on your mind that you want to think about later so i do those questions every day and i think about the bottom one later at 
when I like open my journal the next day. And if it's still a problem, I'll be like, okay, I should actually think about that still after, you know, you've had a better day after you've done things that are making you a happier person. You think about your negative thing later when you are a happier person. Do you find as if, or do you find that your answers to those questions, particularly, particularly the first two do they change a lot or are they generally quite consistent in terms of what you need and what you can do to make you feel better? I feel like some days they're really different. Like when it's a really sunny day, like I wake up and I like go do my cold dip with the sunrise. I've only had that once because it's been raining for the last 53 days <laughs> of my life. Um, but, you know, like a day like that, I was like, I had wrote, written in my journal, like, I would love a nice sunrise. And then the next day I got that nice sunrise and I was like, whoa, this is amazing. No I, this is amazing. It was a fluke because it was just freezing cold and it just <laughs> decided to be sunny. But like, yeah, I feel like my questions are always like, my answers are kind of similar, but they're never like, you know, a coffee, a coffee. It's kind of like, I try and think about different things daily and like, I put goals in mind for my week as well. So like I try and focus on those goals as well, especially for like, you know, my A1C, like I, I never really had a bad A1C. So like now that I haven't, like my most recent one wasn't that great. So I was like, okay, my goal, my goal for you this month is to have a really good A1C. And these are some things I'm going to do to help me with my better A1C and that kind of thing. Like my question, my answers are always different, but they can be the same. If that's what you want, if that's what makes you happy, then that's what makes you happy. Why do you think you've benefited so much from answering those questions consistently? I feel like, you know, if you do struggle with mental health, you know, it's you need consistency and it's like one consistent thing that you do daily that's like, oh, that was nice. Like for me, before I was journaling, it's the start of my cold dips. Like those were my one consistent thing that I was like, this is my time to be like by myself and like feel something so whole and great. So I feel like, you know, it can be running, it can be walking, it can be cooking, it can be whatever you want. Like your one thing that puts you in such a good mood for the rest of the day, you just really need to do that. I think it's one, and it's something that I'm big on in terms of like identifying what gives you energy and then also identifying things that dilute your energy or don't Mm -hmm. make you feel good. You know, and then it's like try and build your habits from the things that give you energy and make you feel good. And then if you have habits surrounding the things that don't serve you well or aren't in line with how you want to be or how you want to feel, try and cut them out to to a certain extent. And the way I look at it, it's like the things that make you, as you've said yourself, make you feel good, make you feel energized, shouldn't be negotiable. They should just be non-negotiable in your day. And you've said yourself, Bella, it could be a cold dip. It could be a walk. It could be a run. It could be a coffee in the morning. But it's almost like that one thing that even if there's absolute mayhem or chaos going on around you, it kind of keeps you grounded and keeps you set up Mm -hmm. for the day. Totally. 
you got to do one thing. And I feel like your, your like theory here, I like, I thought of it as like, you know, it's like when you have a food allergy and you eliminate things you think are making you sick. So you get rid of them and then you try and introduce them again. If they still make you sick, you ditch them. You don't want <laughs> yeah. to keep them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. hundred percent. Absolutely. It's a good way to look at it. It's like a, it's like a mental trial and error as opposed yeah. to a, a nutritional trial and error. Yeah. I feel as if I'm pulling all sorts of quotes from your blog posts because there were so many that stood out to me, Bella, and, and so many that I wanted to ask you about. But one, well, another one that stood out to me was since being diagnosed, I've been able to love and care for myself in ways that I wasn't before. What did you mean by that? What do you mean by that? I've always been like a very healthy, active person. And I feel like now I just really focus on it and make sure that my mental health and my physical health and, you know, my type one diabetes care always come first. It's a non-negotiable for me. Like I do it for me and it's the one thing I do for me. And I feel like, you know, I didn't really prioritize that a whole bunch before. I always, I'm a type of person that like if someone messages me that they need me, I will run, I will drive, I will fly, I will commute so far to help them. And I feel like, you know, since having type one and celiac and all the above, um, it's made me realize, you know, you can still help your friends, but you also have to like focus on yourself more because your mental health, your physical health, your type one diabetes health is more important. It's the, it's the top of the list. Mm. Do you feel as if your own health to a certain extent wasn't at the place that it should have been because you were putting other people consistently ahead of you? I feel like probably my mental health was probably not at like the highest point of its time, but like I've always been physically very healthy. I love running and working out and hiking. So I've always been like physically healthy, but I feel like my mental health has probably like suffered from like, you know, being so helpful, being a, a people pleaser. <laughs> I think diabetes is a a unique way of being reminded that, well, if I'm not looking after my health, it's very difficult to perform at my best. It's very difficult mm-hmm. to be as helpful towards other people if I'm constantly fighting highs or constantly fighting lows, which in turn affects energy and mood and, and performance, obviously, as I'm sure we both know firsthand. When and how... Bella, or why did you get into writing blog posts? Because your blog is obviously massively successful. There was almost like an endless list of of places that it's been featured. Woman's Day, Country Living, BuzzFeed, Brit & Co., Business Vancouver, Red Book, Well & Good, The Beat, Good Housekeeping, Mm. a lot. The list goes on. So (laughs) how did you get into it? I started my blog in high school as something fun to do. Um, I have a bunch of learning disabilities, so school is always really hard for me. And my mom, um, she is an engineer, but she also used to work for Better Homes and Gardens, um, the, like the scrapbooking magazine. I don't know if you've ever seen it before in your time. I'm sure someone listening to this has probably had a Better Homes and Gardens scrapbook in their house at some point. <laughs> um, so... 
I started my blog as like a creative outlet um, to help me read and write better. And, you know, was something that I still do with my mom. Like my mom helps me a lot with my blog and we are like business partners in it and we both love it. And I feel like it was a great outlet for me to like get really creative and do things that make me happy because school was always so challenging. And when I started university, I only did half a year and then my blog was getting too busy. So I dropped out and pursued it full time. And here I am still doing it. And I love it to this day. Wow. So initially you had started it out as something as like a personal development kind of project. Yeah. Yeah. Just something to help me and like, feel like I was like good at something, you know, like, you know, school's not easy for lots of people. And especially I have like reading and writing, um, disability. So school is always hard for me. And I felt like, you know, my blog was one place where I could practice all that and, you know, be good at it in my own way. And I love cooking and my mom is takes photos. So it was just really easy to, you know, for us to start it and do something great. So did you have any idea that it would become your profession? No. No, no, not at all. I thought I was <laughs> I thought I was going to go to school for 4 years, do therapeutic recreation, you know, play games with old people all day. You know, I like, <laughs> your life I looks no very clue. different. Your life looks very different. <laughs> I had no clue, but I'm glad it did what it did because it's really awesome and I've met amazing people through it and I get to work with some like really awesome brands through it that I wouldn't have been able to do otherwise. And I feel like you also make such a community from your blog and it's like these people Mm. actually care and it's very nice. It's very like wholesome feeling. So when did it, or when did you notice that this could now potentially be a job, a business, as opposed to just something that essentially was a personal project to help with your own development? Um, probably like five years into my blog, like I had dropped out of university at that point. I was still working as a waitress just to like, you know, have some like stable income. Cause if you do social media work or blog work, you guys know it's not like the most stable income ever. <laughs> um, so, you know, yeah. I was doing that as long as with my blog. Um, and then I was just getting so much work and I was writing for other people's blogs and for magazines and stuff. So I was just like, this is way too much. I can't do it all. So I quit my serving job and just did my blog full time because it was just getting too busy and it still continues to be like that, which is really great. Mm. So what does it feel like to know that people are getting you to write for their blog? given the background that you have in terms of your learning disabilities or difficulties. It's a really really cool experience. I feel like it's just like, you feel so honored. You're like a little kid that's like getting a birthday cake. You're like, oh my God. Like I fangirl. I'm just like a fangirl. Like really me? Like, oh my God, (laughs) no way. It's just really honoring. Even when people email me to work with me, I'm like, me? Really? Oh my gosh, no way. Like that's so exciting. Like, I just feel like I'm like super grateful for everything I get. And I feel like, you know, there might be some people that aren't. And I'm just like, I'm like a little, I'm like a little kid when it comes to it. That's just like, it gives me such excitement and joy. 
So a five-year process, a five-year period is a, it's a large amount of time for you to start it and then ultimately turn it into a business and obviously make an income from it. Within that kind of five-year period, did you go through patches of thinking like, why am I bothering doing this? Or should I continue it? Or that kind of self-doubt and limiting belief that everybody has? Oh, yeah. Especially when I started, like, blogging was just, like, a whatever thing. And, like, Instagram was just kind of, like, starting. So it was just, like, really weird. Like, oh, you're posting a picture of yourself online. That's really weird. <laughs> like, it was just, like, <laughs> it's just really weird concept. And now it's, just, like, not. Like, everyone posts everywhere, every hour online. And then especially, like, with TikTok. Like, TikTok is just, like, mind-blowing to me and, like... There's just different platforms that are like so crazy and I just, I, I have no words. I just, I don't even know. I just don't. It's clear, it's clear to see, and this is part of the reason why I was really looking forward to this conversation too. Like you do so much and you're obviously very, very, very good and expert at what you do. So what were you kind of saying to yourself or how would you reassure yourself of that process from going from a place where, you know, you didn't really know what it was. It was just, it was just a personal development thing into now a very successful business. Like how did you reassure yourself of, you know, just stick with this thing or did you have an idea of what you wanted it to be? I had like small goals for it, like, oh, I'll do this this month or I want to make this much money from it this month or like this kind of thing or, or you know, I'm going to do five blog posts this week, like just smaller goals. But I feel like my mom is the one who like really pushes me to like continue to something and do it fully because my mom is my biggest supporter and my biggest cheerleader. And if I didn't have her, I probably would have stopped blogging two days after I started. <laughs> Thank you, mom. <laughs> Thanks, mom. You're the best, aren't you? (laughs) So why do you think, Bella, so many people have connected with it? If this is something that, again, like you say, admittedly, initially started out as something as just kind of like a, a personal development sort of project, why do you feel so many people have followed along and connected with you throughout it? I feel like when I started my blog, you know, I was like... 18, 17. I was like 17 years old. I was just like, you know, a kid and like, you know, parents followed my blog for my recipes and, you know, those parents still follow me and like, you know, or these younger kids are following me and it's like your audience is growing with you, but it's also nice. You have that like older demographic because they've watched you grow up. They've watched you become the person that you are. And it's like really nice that like My blog is a place where it's not just for people who have type 1 diabetes. It's a place if you like food. It's a place if you want to travel. It's a place to just talk about celiac. It's it's a place for everything because I talk about lots of things. It's not just a one-stop shop for a chicken recipe. It's an everything and all, which is really nice because... I want to appeal to a lot of people because there's lots of different people in this world. And I think if they 
end up in the corner of my part of the internet, like that's awesome. Like that makes me feel really good. Or like when people message me saying like, Oh, I tried this recipe bell. It was awesome. Or like, uh, on Valentine's day, this girl, um, made a reel making my cookies for Valentine's day. And I was just like, just really like melts my heart. And it just makes me like so happy. I'm like, that's so nice. Like, like, it's just like, it's very nice to have like a community that like will support you and like make your recipes. And it's just like, it's crazy to think that, Oh, I posted this recipe and people actually like, like it. Like Mm. it's just crazy. And like, you know, people will message me. I haven't traveled that much recently, but um, people come to my blog to find like good travel recommendations and like places to go and places to hike, which is really nice. Or they'll email me and it's just like one step more of like feeling connected to like someone that you don't know that's like looked at your blog and it's really nice. Mm. So what's next? What's next for, for Bella's blog? I have no clue yet. <laughs> it will be a surprise. <laughs> Easter's coming up, so Easter recipes. <laughs> and, and St. Patrick's Day, I might add. Oh which, yes. Which oh yes. I was very I was very impressed by your St. Patrick's Day recipes. Um <laughs> I, I couldn't believe some of them. Just to to give anybody listening and a bit of an outline about Bella's um special St. Patrick's Day treats and recipes. Slow cooker corned beef, air fryer, lucky charms, marshmallow donuts. St. Patrick's cookies and buttercream dip. As I said, my blood sugar was like spiking reading these. <laughs> Rainbow pot of gold jello vodka shots, which would probably be my thing. Rainbow rim Irish whiskey cocktail. Unreal. Do you now come you up with these recipes? <laughs> I, I have a team that helps me come up with recipes and I come up with them myself, but I would be nowhere without my team of helpers and my mom. So... <laughs> And why St. Patrick's Day? Is there any Irish connection or just because? Oh, no. St. Patrick's Day is just fun. <laughs> okay. Fair, <laughs> fair enough. I'm Italian. I, I just, I'm just Italian. I got no Irish background whatsoever. But <laughs> okay. you, know, you want to send me one of your recipe, your family recipes? I'll happily put it on my blog. <laughs> it's literally just beef, potatoes, beef, potatoes, beef, potatoes. So nothing too extravagant to, to have on the blog. So when you say, or when you did say earlier, Bella, about kind of setting goals in terms of A1Cs and setting goals in terms of like how you want to feel and what you want to even get from the day or get from the week, do you do something similar business-wise, blog post-wise, or do you just do things as they come to you? Uh, No, I usually have a plan and um, I'll talk with my team in the beginning of a month and we'll make a plan of how many blog posts we want to put out, um, how much money we want to make in the month, like just have really like realistic goals. And if we go over that goal, great. If we go under, that's fine. Like we'll just make it up in the next month kind of thing. I always would like to have very realistic goals. It's not good to have unrealistic ones because then you're always feeling let down. But if you have realistic goals and you go over them, you're like, oh, yeah, I did so good. I did great. I even overdid it. It's awesome. Mm. So, you know, <laughs> goals are great. And I feel like even if you just have a small one, it's really helpful. If you were to look back at when you first started from this point now and everything you do and everything you achieve and the place that you're at, and you're saying about not setting unrealistic goals. If you were to look at where you are now back then, 
would you consider where you are now as an unrealistic goal? Oh, hundred <laughs> percent. I would go. think it's so crazy. I would think there it's so go. crazy. <laughs> I would think you're crazy. I'd be like, what? That's weird. That's nuts. <laughs> so now you can look at five years ahead and say that right now seems unrealistic, but I've done it before. This is true. This is very true. <laughs> So I'm going to be keeping my eye on the Bella on the Bella blog for over the next five years. <laughs> Bella, I have one more question for you. And this is a question that I ask everybody that comes on. And it's a bit of an unusual one, but one that gets uh, a varied, varied response, let's say. But if you had to thank your diabetes for something, what would it be? Ooh. I thank it for being making me a stronger individual and pushing the boundaries of who I am and making me a very confident woman that I am. Love it. Thank you, Diabetes. And thank you, <laughs> thank Bella's you, mom, for the, for the blog posts and the push to keep doing yeah. more. Bella, where can people, if they have not yet started following you or reading your blog posts, where can they find you online? Where can they find out more about you? Um, my blog is xoxobella.com and I'm Bella Bucciati on Instagram and on TikTok, you can find me at Bucciati. Mostly I just post my cold dips on there, but if you enjoy watching those, just go there. <laughs> if you haven't yet, make sure you are following her on social media. She will make you want to be outdoors pretty much every second of every day with the posts that she, that she puts up. It's like, Bella, it's like everything that you post is something from... National Geographic. So uh, I, I always, I always appreciate your posts, and I appreciate you coming on today. It's been great to finally connect and chat with you. Yes. And I wish you nothing but happiness and success in the future. I'll chat to you shortly. Another massive thank you to today's guest, and if you haven't already, be sure to check out their social channels and links that we've included in the episode description. If you enjoy the podcast, which I'm guessing you do because you listen, be sure to rate subscribe and share it really really helps the podcast get heard by more people when you rate when you subscribe and when you share if you feel that you've been able to benefit from it so far likely someone else would be too if you have any questions or stories for myself and graham please do not hesitate to reach out we absolutely love getting in the email stories and questions you can do this through the insulone podcast at gmail.com and if you would like to learn more from me stay connected or even work with me and other people living with type 1 diabetes who want to be fitter healthier and happier within my type 1% better online program you can message me directly through instagram or you can fill out an application form through the link in the podcast description and as always another massive thank you to you for your time and your ears we greatly appreciate you showing up each week, time after time, ready to gain knowledge and confidence around your diabetes management. So until next week, have a good day, have a good week, look after those blood sugars, and I'll chat to you soon. Take it easy.